Welcome to another episode of the Total R&B Podcast. My name is Lorena, and today I'm really excited because I have someone here who is a singer, a songwriter, a producer, an actress. She is from Detroit, and she is uh, the daughter of a Motown legend, Johnny Griffith of the Funk Brothers, which is amazing. Um, she sung with artists like him and legendary artists like Anita Baker and the OJs. She was also a contestant on The Voice season 16, and she was coached by Kelly Clarkson, as well as John Legend. And in 2022, she released her latest project, Get to Know Me. And that project actually debuted on Amazon's R&B New Releases chart at number one, and then on iTunes at number six. And it remained in the top 10 and top 100 for three months. And that's a long time. So that's amazing. <laughs> and then last year, she released on her birthday a single called Ooh that I really enjoy. So Thank welcome you. to the podcast, Beth. Thank How you. you. No problem. This like, it's amazing reading all of the things that you've done. It's you. pretty awesome. So thank you so much for being here. And it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. All right. So I always start off my podcast with the same question whenever I have a first time guest on. Okay. And that is, what is your first memory of R&B music? Like, what comes to mind when I say that? You know, I think just as a kid listening to the radio in the car with your parents, you know, um, I think my fondest memory, I think, was hearing Whitney Houston for the first time. Mm. And I think hearing her sing is what really sparked my interest in wanting to sing. Like, hearing her was everything. It was the melodic um voice that she had the tone of her voice her look everything about her made me want to be a singer no her voice is just magical there's just it's just so different from any of the other singers and i just feel like so many people just connected with her voice it really mm -hmm. was something truly special so i get that hearing her on the on the radio seeing her as well on tv because there wasn't many people that looked like her on tv mm -hmm. either mm -hmm. in that time so that is amazing yeah. um so i want to know more about your journey into this uh, music industry but I did want to start off because I did mention your father, mm -hmm. who is a part of the great history of Motown. So mm -hmm. for the people that don't know, the Funk Brothers, they were basically the um, the band that did a lot of the the music for Motown artists. So like our favorite songs that we hear tell this day, like My Girl by The Temptations or Heat Wave or um, uh, Ain't No Mountain High Enough, like or stop in the name of love, all of that good stuff. Yeah, so yeah. all of that music that was created in Detroit, your dad was a part of that. And that yeah. is such a, like it changed music. It's a part of music history. It's a part of black culture. Mm -hmm. Like how does it feel to be a part of that lineage? Like your family basically changed the course of music. Um, first of all, I'm very honored to be the daughter of a funk brother. And I am honored that my father left the contribution that he did to American music, Black history, Black music, um, urban music, um, worldwide. I'm, I'm, I'm honored, you know, and a lot of the things that my father did that contributed to the music, the fact that it still lives on now, I'm so very honored. There's not a place that you can go probably in the world that you don't hear a Motown song, which means my father's contribution has spread across the globe. And I'm honored. Um, that, you know, that's my dad. And I'm also honored that music chose me. And, um, you know, you can choose something all day, but if it don't like you back, <laughs> it just doesn't work out, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm honored that music and I have this collaboration, this love that I'm able to carry on and set my own legacy. Because I have a brother and I have a sister and they're, they're musically inclined, but they didn't pursue their gift. Okay. And, um, and maybe music didn't choose them, but I am just honored that my father left that. And I'm honored that I'm able to, at this point in my life, um, do my own thing musically and to honor what my dad did. Because I wasn't around when he did all of that stuff. So I know that it's something natural in me to follow in his footsteps and to do what I'm doing. So yeah, I, I think it's awesome. I'm Sometimes I'm in awe of what he's done and what God has allowed me to do as well. 
No, it is such, it was just beautiful to read and to see that connection because there's still people tell this day that's trying to replicate that Motown sound. So it's so amazing. Like you said, it's a global sound. Like it's it's being listened to and celebrated and enjoyed around the world. So that is, it's pretty amazing. But you did mention that your siblings also are musically inclined. So how was that like in the household with all of these, like the music, the musicians, like holidays around like that time? How was that? I wasn't, a, I wasn't born. So oh. yeah, I wasn't around during the Motown days. So um, by the time I was born, Motown left and went to LA. So my father's always mm. been a musician, um, mm. but yeah, I, was, I wasn't here. So I have to do research and watch videos and, okay. and get stories, um, you know, from, okay. from other people, yeah. So when my did holidays you... were just my family, you know, it was no, it was no Dinah Ross and Marvin Gaye, like they weren't, I wasn't here. <laughs> so yeah. No, but that's still, I mean, I'm sure holidays are still an amazing time with your family. So you have those memories all the time. Yeah. Um, so for you, like, when did you start like singing and kind of taking that seriously? Mm, I think, you know, it, and so, so this, this piggy, piggybacks on what I was saying, you know, a lot of times when I, when I tell people that my father was a funk brother, the natural um, assumption would be that I was around during that time. Mm -hmm. um, but because I wasn't, that's what's so amazing about my journey is because I didn't know what my father did musically. I did not know he was a funk brother. I didn't know he was in Motown because again, Motown had left, gone to California, I wasn't born, all of that. So by the time I started doing music, it was just something natural in me that I was interested in and something that I love to do. And so as I got older, you know, and I would hear rumors and um, people say, oh, you know, that's Johnny's daughter. You know, Johnny worked for Motown, but I still didn't even know what that meant. So yeah. the fact that I naturally wanted to pursue music and I naturally wanted to do what I do, that's what's so amazing about um, legacy and inheriting things because sometimes you do stuff that you don't even know where it came from but it's just innately in you right so that's kind of like my story um I just wanted to do music it felt good to me and then my father started to tell me slowly but surely stories of things that he used to do and then my father passed away so I never got a chance for him to actually see me doing this um so yeah you know so you guys never saw each other like perform or do? We did. I actually got a chance to perform with my father. Um, it was, um, they did a Motown tribute in Detroit Okay. many years ago. It probably was in the early mid, no, it was the mid nineties. Okay. And they got together some Motown artists that were still alive and to to play and to do a Motown tribute. And my father um, pitched for me to sing, but I mean, I was a kid, you know, I was a teenager. So um, I was terrified, but they taught me the, the, the song. I remember I sang Dancing in the Streets and I, it was, I, was, I was terrified, but I, I did it. And that was the one time I think I got a chance to perform, actually perform with my dad. And, okay. you know, and then after that, um, everything that I did performance wise was geared more to um, the music that I was doing. I would sing with different bands and things like that. And um, yeah, and he got a chance to see me a couple times, but yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that, that's huge to, you know, get on that stage. For the yeah, most it was, it was major. It was it, for me, I was shaking in my boots. I was so scared. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, it's a great oh memory. God. I couldn't, I, I could not imagine. I would be so scared, but that's amazing that you have that memory that you got to do that because you know the Motown like I said is such a big deal so yeah yeah wow yeah. and that's a big song too that they chose for you to sing yes huge <laughs> yeah that is crazy okay so you said you were performing with different bands and stuff like that and I read that you know you did background for like Anita Baker yeah. so that Kim. was many years later yeah. So how did you get yourself to get to that point where you're with these major artists? So going back to like when I said I did the performance with my dad. So I was 
a kid, teenager, right? And then I knew I wanted to sing, but still hadn't really come to the conclusion that I really wanted to be like a solo artist, right? I just loved music and I, I could sing. So then I fast forward to graduating from high school and I'm like, I think I want to do this, but I'm terrified. I've got extreme stage fright, but I continue to really want to do it and try to put myself strategically in places where I could meet people. So the first producer that I met that actually put me on a record and actually introduced me to Anita Baker was Michael Powell. And I met him because I got a job as a receptionist in a recording studio. And I was just at the front desk answering the telephones and he would come in and out. I had met him previously in another situation, um, but you know, he, I, I don't know, we had met, but we had not um, decided to work together or anything. He was a huge producer um, at the time and he started the group chapter eight, which was the first group that Anita Baker started with. Mm -hmm. So he had a name, you know, Michael Powell, everybody knew who he was. I was elated to meet him and that was the first time, but then I met him again at the recording studio where I was working at and they needed somebody to demo a record. And um, he asked me what I demo the record. And um, it was something for during Hurricane Katrina. And okay. so I did the demo. And, and after that, he and I started to develop a friendship. And I told him, he says, what do you want to do with your career? And I said, I really want to just be a background singer. That's all I want to do. And I said, you know, you know, Aretha Franklin and you know, Anita Baker. Can I do background for them? And he was like, well, I'll try. So he took me to Aretha Franklin. And Aretha Franklin knew my father. But she said I had never been on the road before, so she didn't want to hire me as a singer um, for background because she said I didn't have any experience. So he then took me to Anita Baker and she called him one time and said she like it was an emergency. She needed some singers and he got together a group of girls, me included, and um, we did a show with her. And that ended up me working with her for five years. She just, she ended up taking me out on the road with her. So that my professionally, how it started was through Mike Powell. And that was just me getting a job at a reception. I mean, as a receptionist, just trying to strategically place myself in a place where I knew I could meet some producers or I could meet some people that I could learn and grow from. So that's really kind of how it started. And then from Anita, um, after five years touring with her, it was amazing. We traveled all over the world singing and I was able to really learn how to be a background singer. And again, that's all I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Then I stopped working with her and then ended up working with Kim. I got a phone call. Somebody told me Kim was looking for another female singer. And then I started working with him. So it just kind of, I just kind of segued into these positions, um, prayerfully, you know, but it kind of happened because I was always the whole time, like, okay, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. And in the midst of me working with Kim, that's when I kind of said, you know what, I think I want to do solo and then started putting music out. No, but that's really good. And it, it's also like a lesson to be learned for people that want to do what you're doing and they're looking at like a path to take. So I took like always try and be in those rooms or mm -hmm. in the industry some way, somehow so that you can connect with the people that can take your career to the next place. So I think that's really smart that you were strategic, you know, to figure out, okay, like, this is what I want to do. How am I going to get there? And you got yourself a job as a receptionist. So I think that's super smart. And I think a lot of people can like learn from that and hopefully, you know, carve their path out kind of similar to what you did. Yeah, And it's crazy because like now there's no recording studios like that. You know, people have studios in their homes yeah. and everything is online. And at the time I was working at a studio where people would come into the front desk, producers would come in, I would call, sign them in. Like it's, those days are gone, it's, it's crazy. So yeah, but there still are other ways that if you're interested in a particular field, you can strategically put yourself in that place. You can do research and find out what's needed and, and try it that way. And now mentioning Anita Baker, being on tour with her for five years, mm -hmm. um, is there something that you can share, like something that you learned from her or any advice that she gave you that really helped you? Yes. Um, working with her, first of all, I learned so much. I, I learned a lot about just being a woman on the road and how to maneuver on the road. It is not what people think. Um, 
you know, people think it's at the parties and it's dress up every day and you're hanging out. And it's really not that you're going to do a job. I remember the first time, the first couple of times I was with her and I used to overpack. I mean, I used to pack my outfits and everything was matching. I had shoes and had a purse and I was going to be cute. And I remember she came into our dressing room one time and it was me and the two other girls. And she said, did you come to sing or did you come to dress up? <laughs> and I said, um, I beg your pardon. She was like, you brought all these clothes. What are you doing? And I was like, you know, and I'm thinking this what I do. I'm a girl. I'm going to be cute. I'm going to represent, you know, mm -hmm. and, and she said, when you come with me, when we travel, I really expect, and I would like for you to have everything in a carry on bag, everything that you need. And if you need to get anything laundered, let me know. Now, this is not all artists, but this was her. Yeah. If you need anything laundered, let me know, but you should be able to compact everything in a carry-on bag because we're getting on the plane with our bag we're not checking bags and when we get off the plane we're moving mm -hmm. and so I took that mindset with me that when I'm going to work I'm going to work I'm not going to dress up coordinate outfits it really helped me focus on what my job was and to streamline what I needed to do and so in the time of dress up now and fashion and you know it's always been like that but when you do certain jobs with certain artists you know follow the, the lead of the artist mm. and be focused on your job and know that you're coming there not to be um, picked and chosen, which sometimes that happens. You might meet somebody and all that, but you're actually going to do the job. And my job was to make sure that I had my costuming ready for her segment and to be her background singer. And it really wasn't about me. So I had to learn that. No, well, that's real too. Cause mm -hmm. I'll, I would think too, cause I obviously I would have done what you did. Cause I always overpack for everything. Well, that's we just do. how, that's just do. how I am. Yeah. But it makes sense because I remember traveling one time abroad and like they lost my luggage. So I was there without any clothes for like two days. So it is smart because if something like that did happen, then you would have nothing. Whereas if you have the carry on, you're good to go. Like you have all your stuff. You could work, you could go, it, it's no problem. So yeah, that is a, a really good tip that I probably wouldn't have thought about because I, I would have had like 10,000 outfits. Yeah, ready. I did. And I had shoes to match every outfit and I was changing purses. And when I thought about it, I was like, that is really stupid. That's not what I'm here for. So she got me together and just helped me focus. And, and I take that with me now. Oh, I still do that to this day. I, I try to get everything in a carry on. Yeah, no, I'm like that too. I'm like the carry on queen. I don't want to check in any bags. <laughs> I just want to get up and go. That's yeah. it. Um, so did also doing that, like uh, touring with these artists and doing background and moving about and all that stuff, did that really prepare you for when you did the voice? Because I know that could be a lot on an artist. Well, yes. The What had prepared me for the voice was actually just I had already been on big stages. Okay, But it still was different because I was on a big stage as Beth and I wasn't on the big stage as Beth, the background singer. So that was a different take on me. It was a, a propel for me um, as a solo artist. So what I learned from the voice was the cameras, the lights, the time frame, all of that. That was a whole nother level. Um, the long hours the early mornings, um, the schedules, <clears throat> all of that stuff was a little different and a little more intense than touring. Okay. But I do think that the touring did prepare me for the professionalism that I needed to have to do to do the show. Okay. So then what made you want to go from background? Because you've been saying that all the time, like, I just want to be a background singer. This is what I want to do. You had your mind set on it to make that change to go to the forefront and have the world know you as Beth? So really, because I had done background for Anita, I had been doing background for Kim. And I noticed that when the artist that you work with takes a break, everything shuts down. Mm -hmm. And if that's your only gig or the only thing you're doing, then you're waiting for them to call you for your next set of shows. And if you get with an artist that wants to take a six month or a year off, you know, what do you do? So I said, well, I have a gift. I need to use it. I need to train it. I need to cultivate it. And I was encouraged by Michael Powell, who introduced me to Anita, to 
start to try to look into being a solo artist and I didn't want to do it. I honestly did not want to do it, but I did it and I'm glad I did. And he just explained to me that you can set your own stage. You can set your own hours. You can make your own rules. And he was absolutely right. And I love him to this day for encouraging me to be a solo artist. It's been tough, but it's been so rewarding. And it's such a, it's such an eye opener because you really get to learn yourself because you spend a lot of time with yourself and in your own head. So you learn a lot. So yeah. So what has been the best part of being a solo artist and what has been the hardest? I think the best part is when you get a big yes, you know, mm -hmm. and then I think the hardest part is when you get a big no. I mean, that's just an honest answer. Yeah. But I also feel like one of the other best parts is seeing myself develop and grow from when I didn't want to do this to where now I am totally in love with it. No, that's amazing. Well, I'm Thank happy you. you took that step and that Mr. Michael Powell pushed you yes. uh, to be a solo artist. So that's dope because then we were getting music from you, yes. um, which I really enjoyed. So back in 2017, you did release Free. Yes. And then um, in 2022, Get to Know Me. So let's talk about Get to Know Me. Like, how was that process of creating that album? The process of creating that album actually happened during the pandemic. And wow. yeah, you know, what, what else was there to do? You know what I'm saying? But, but create. And I think a lot of businesses and new things were created during that time, you know. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel like um, I was able to purge you know and and tell some amazing stories some about me some about some friends you know and um and just sing and do what i love to do and it was a creative process that was very therapeutic for me and i had an amazing time working on the album and i'm looking forward to my third album i had so much fun doing album number two that i just i can't wait to do album number three so is that something that you've been working on uh, for a we while haven't started yet on oh, album number three, it. but it's 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 because we've been I've actually been working and, and traveling and performing mm -hmm. on album number two, but we are talking about album number three and album number three is going to begin this year in 2024. Okay, so I'll definitely start working on it this year. We've got some ideas and there's still some singles off of Get to Know Me that we haven't released yet. So we're going to release mm -hmm. some more singles off that album this year and the beginning, the recording of, of the next album will begin the latter part of this year. But I like that because I find sometimes the cycle of an album doesn't last long anymore. Like mm -hmm. I remember like back in the day, like, uh, like you could push an album for like two years. Or where, three or four. Yeah. yeah. And now I feel like just after like six months, people are like, so when's the new album? And it's like, whoa. This like, everybody hasn't even heard this, the new album yet. And with me being independent and, and, and I'm still growing as an artist, every time I put something out, it's something new to people that mm -hmm. know me or to people who are not, who don't know me. And they may be discovering me for the first time with the new single. So, you know, we're going to stretch this album as much as we can. And I think that is just, paying homage to the days of old when people did that. They had an album and, and you would hear of an artist, they said, oh, they got a new single album. It's like, oh, they dropped a new album. It's like, no, that song was on the album. And if you do an album where you have worthy music mm -hmm. and you release the album like singles and you're not just trying to do album cuts, then your album will have longevity. No, that's so true. And I, I see it sometimes like with the, the singer Money Long with her mm -hmm. song that is going crazy on the internet made for me. Yes, I, I love it. That, yeah, because I think that was released in September and she didn't let that go. Like she kept going with this song. And then now we're, we're in February, a whole new year. Yeah. And now the song is blowing up. But if she would have done like how everyone else does, like just have the song out two months and then jump to another single, I don't think she would have had the crazy success that she's having with Made For Me. So yeah. I think that is true. You, you need to keep posting, keep doing shows and working that mm -hmm. music because there is someone that did not hear it. So Correct. that is true. Do you think it's easier for you to do that? Because you're, you're signed to yourself. You have your yes. own label. Mm -hmm. So does that make it easier to do those things? I would say yes. And I'm just saying that based on the fact that 
I don't know how much creative control she has with who she signed with and they sh and she may be able to do whatever she wants, but I know that I can do whatever I want whenever I want. So I would say, yes, I can release whatever I want whenever I want. And I don't have to get an approval from anybody but myself. <laughs> and I just discuss it with um, my manager and the um, A&R for my label, you know, my right hand, my producer, we discuss what we're going to put out when and how, and then we go forth with that. Okay. And then why did you choose to sign, like create your label and sign yourself? Like what was your reason for doing that? Well, a couple of different reasons. First of all, it's not as easy to get a record contract anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they want to base signing you based on how many followers you have, but not necessarily how talented you are. And my father had his own record label and I was, you know, following in the footsteps of my father, but also wanting to be independent and make my own decisions and control it myself. Not to say that I would not ever sign with a big label, but I wanted to learn the process of putting music out. I wanted to learn the process of running a label. I wanted to learn the process of being an independent artist. And, um, and we've been very successful so far in putting it out and, and getting Grammy considered multiple times and, you know, and, and debuting at number one, like I'm doing that all by myself. So mm -hmm. those things are huge for me to do. And with all of that, there's people that still don't know who Beth is. So there's a lot of work to continue, you know, doing, um, but I feel, I, I feel really proud of myself that we're continuing to push through and to do it. No, I like I said, when I was just reading all of the accomplishments, all of the cool things that you've done in your career so far, it is truly amazing to see that. And then to see that you're doing this on your own is like you should be proud of yourself and you Thank should you. like be really happy with everything that you've done um, because it it's pretty amazing. And then sometimes, unfortunately, you see people that are assigned to these huge labels and then they're so restricted, they don't really get to do anything or they get lost and, and then let go so they don't really they're not able to I guess achieve whatever it is that they were trying to achieve um at that moment so it's yeah. super cool everything that you've done so congratulations thank you. on thank that you. that's amazing thank you um I did want to uh talk about it because I did see that you did post it on your social media page um Whitney Houston you were a body double for yeah. Sparkle and yeah. I thought it was so cool that you guys are born on the same day. I was yes, like, wow. she's my favorite. <laughs> so how was that meeting her? Because I, I love Whitney. It was surreal. And I didn't think I was going to ever get a chance to meet her. I didn't ever, I, I just never, you know, sometimes you idolize or you look up to somebody and you just figure they're up here. I'm mm -hmm. a peon, I'm down here, right? And at the time that I was able to do the movie, I was not fully into my, music i was still discovering beth discovering who beth wanted to be i just didn't know you know i knew i loved singing but i had not walked into my and even though i had put my record out no my record wasn't out yet i take that back because i was 2013. i was wanting to put a record out okay i was just discovering myself and i was leaning towards walking in the direction on the path of putting my music out so meeting her and working with her was surreal it was something i never thought was gonna happen i never even knew thought I mean I like when I say I never thought it was gonna happen it was just like oh meeting Whitney Houston oh that's not gonna happen like <laughs> why even bring that up I love her and that's it so when I got cast in the movie as her stand in and body double it was surreal it was something um I will never forget and it's something no one could ever take away like it was it, it just empowered me because I was able to meet somebody who I I thought was so amazing and great and the world agreed you know mm -hmm. and yeah that's just, that's like my little angel. Like, it's just amazing. No, I thought that was super cool seeing that, that you, one, you got to meet her. Cause I think mm -hmm. anybody that got to meet her is super lucky. Cause she just seems like a girl's girl. And as she, she is, yes, it was, Hey girl. Like, it was like, Oh, oh my God, you're Whitney. <laughs> Do you know that you're Whitney Houston? Cause I know you're Whitney Houston. Do you know you're Whitney Houston? Like, Oh my, like it was that kind of ramble thing. <laughs> so I was just totally starstruck. Yeah. Oh man. It was great. No, that's amazing. And then to see that someone you looked up to since a little girl to know like you guys were born on the same day, mm -hmm. you know, both amazing singers like that is so cool. So yeah, I would have been so like, I don't know, I would have been tripping out. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was. Oh my gosh. So crazy. And um, now I also see that you are doing some tour dates with yes. Genuine. Yes. 
So that's cool. So how has that been? You know, um, that is, it's a surreal thing too. Like who doesn't know the song Pony? Who doesn't know mm-hmm. in those jeans? Like who doesn't know that song? He's an R&B um, icon. He's been around for 20 something years and he's a staple in the 90s and the R&B music, that classic sound that we, that we love, that we still love to, to this day. Um, I opened for Genuine in December. I was supposed to open for him in October in Detroit and there was a strike at the casinos and it was postponed until December. I opened for him and his management and him took a liking and they were like, you're going with us. (laughs) And so I was like, "Ah." so it was amazing, but I have to give a shout out to my producer and my music director. His name is Marcus Devine and he Mm -hmm. also works and plays for Genuine. So it was one of those things where, hey, you guys need to check out my artist. And sight unseen, they let me open the show. And I'll never forget, I op- I had my sound checked and Genuine's manager came out and he was like, oh my God, you didn't tell me she could sing, sing. And he was like, yeah. And he was like, oh yeah, you're you going with us. And then after the show, I got a chance to um, actually talk with Genuine. We talked for for a minute and he was like you know you're really good we're going to work with you so that that was amazing because as an artist and you're again you're going back to independent you're starting out one of the things that artists um really want to do you know open for big artists get their mm-hmm. audience to be able to be in front of people promoters radio if you're not on the radio um you're not on television you know, how many seats can you fill up? It's all about the money for them. And it's really not even about the talent all the time. So for an artist of his caliber, he's been working all of these years. He has an audience of 20 something, 30 years. And for him to be generous enough to say, hey, you're good and I'm gonna put you in front of my people. That's really incredible. And I'm so thankful I'm having a ball and I'm thankful for the people that I work with and that work to make me great and to help propel me to the next level of where I need to be. So shout out to Marcus Devine, shout out to uh, Genuine's manager, Terrence, and shout out to Genuine. And I thank oh, that's, that's amazing. And that's something that I do love because like we were saying before, like a lot of people look at numbers, like, mm-hmm. oh, she doesn't have this much followers, then no, we're going to pass on mm-hmm. that. But just, and I feel like this is what the people want. We want good music. We want you like, too. We want to see good performances. We want to hear good singers. And we don't always get that anymore because I feel like the business is about the money, the data. And sometimes I feel like that should be pushed aside and just focus on the talent because then I feel like all the other stuff will come. It will. And I've been getting such an amazing reception from the shows that we're doing. It, it's it's been it's been very heartwarming because I come out on the stage, the people don't know who I am, and by the end of the night, I'm getting people standing up. I'm getting new followers on my social media, and I I, I really I, I'm my heart is just full because they're seeing me sight unseen. They don't they see me on the flyer. They're like, well, who is this? They don't know, you know, and and they're receiving me with open arms. So I'll be doing some select dates with him for the rest of the year across the country. So, oh, okay. you know, I'll be posting the flyers um, on my social media um, for the shows that are coming up. And yeah, um, I saw two of them on your website that's coming up so people can look yeah. on your website too to see the dates that you have with Genuine. But yeah. that's so cool that it's going to be more coming throughout the year. Oh, so yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm also, and, and, and we're, they're spaced out because I'm also on the road still with Kim. So oh, it's, okay. it's between Kim and Genuine and I am doing background dates with Kim, but I'm also opening his shows as well. So um, on the nights when I'm with Kim, I'm kind of doing double duty. I'll go out and I'll open, which is amazing. And shout out to Kim for that. And then I'll do background with him. And then with Genuine, I just open the show and then, you know, that's it. So, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, I'm located in Montreal, right? And okay. I, I love R&B. As you can okay. see, I have my podcast, listen to R&B music through and through. Like, I love discovering new artists. But we don't get these type of shows here. Really? Yes. And it, like, honestly, I hate it <laughs> so much <laughs> because everybody is on tour. 
and I can't go to none of them because and they're not coming through your area no like I have to literally travel all the time like at the most like someone would book let's say genuine and you to come to Canada but you would come to Toronto because Toronto is a bigger hub now that's like how far is Toronto from you uh, it's not far. Like if you drive, it's like if you drive at a good speed, <laughs> you get there in like five, six hours. Sometimes you get there in four. You know. Wow. Okay. So it's like a Detroit to Chicago drive. Uh yeah. Yeah, we're like four, four and a half. If you're driving slow, five. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like that. So I always like me and my friends. We always we always have to travel to go okay. and see people. Mm. And, and so I wish like. I could see these shows and have access to them because I think it's so amazing that all of these good R&B shows are coming out and like full of like great singers. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing. So, well, let me tell, let me, let me let them know that, that Montreal wants a show. I'll, I'll put a little bug in their ear and see if they can listen. <laughs> I'm telling you, you never know. You, you never know. We can say, Hey, when the last time you've been to, up in that area, they might say, Hey, you know what? It's been a minute. So yeah. No, there is like people that will come out and enjoy these shows because my friends ask me because they know I love army music and they're like, where can we go to like listen to like some good music? And I'm like, we don't have I don't know. <laughs> we don't have it. Yeah. We don't oh, have wow. it. Okay. But it is something that we do love. And like I said, in general, mm-hmm. I think globally people are just wanting to see like you and genuine and other performers like kim and i know tamia and joe are on oh yes that's gonna be such a good show (laughs) yeah like we want those types of artists and we want to hear those type that type of music because i feel like it's missing in mainstream we don't get that when we turn on the radio right Mm, so right Right. Yeah. So it is. It's definitely needed. So hopefully, I can make it out to one of those shows because I think that would be amazing. Absolutely. Thank you. I did see too on your Instagram page. You posted. You did um, lift every voice. Mm-hmm. Black History Month. It was beautifully done. Thank I was you. like, oh, this is so good. I wanted to know because I was just being nosy. Like, what is that? What was that for? Because I see that it was being recorded. It looked like yeah. you were in the studio, but it was so well done. I was like, she used to do that at like, one of those games or something. No, you know what? Um, I, I did that for um, a mayoral address for the oh, city of okay. Detroit. Okay. We filmed it in a museum here, which is the Museum of Black Television History. It's a very small museum here, but it chronicles Black television in the metropolitan Detroit area and the Black anchors and and DJs and disc jockeys that that have come through this area of Detroit, gone on to um, different areas in the U.S. Okay. And it goes back from like the 70s to, I would say, 90s maybe. Okay. And they're continuing to add to that museum. So I filmed it in that museum for a mayoral address. It actually was filmed in 2022. I think it was still during the pandemic and it was a televised mayoral address because they normally um, will have it in a theater and the mayor will come out on the stage address constituents his other his his um his office and and the city workers and county workers and things that work under the mayor but that was something that was televised so i had that footage and i saw it and i said you know what i have not i don't think i i think i posted it a couple you know two years ago when i did it but i was feeling you know let me put something up for black history month and had no idea even on my Facebook page, it's gotten like over 20,000 views. And I was totally shocked. I was like, oh my God. So, um, yeah, I, you know, it it did, it did okay on, on Instagram, but over on Facebook, it just took legs and ran. Cause I have actually a fan page on Instagram, I mean, on Facebook, it's probably about 5,000 views on there. And then my profile page is 20,000 plus, and then it did Instagram. And I'm just looking like, where are these people coming from? But it, you know, people appreciated it and they liked it. And I'm grateful and I'm very appreciative. And people liked it. I, yes, thank you. No, it was so good. I was like, yes, love it. Yeah, no, it was dope. 
Um, okay, so I want to play a game of Army Trivia. I'm going to ask you six questions. Okay. And we will see how you do. But don't worry. It should be like Okay, okay I hope I do okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't be nervous. It's going to be great. Okay. All right. So question one. This R&B producer, songwriter, and singer, Babyface, was a part of which group? The Deal? That is correct. Okay. I love Babyface. I got a chance to tour with him and meet him. He's, he's dope. Ooh. That yes. is so amazing. I love Babyface. His music yes. is so crazy. I don't think I really um, took in the greatness of Babyface um, because I was, I was so young until Versus when he was just playing those songs back to back to back, I was like, my goodness. It's like, like to see him in concert, we did a concert with him. It was Kim and Babyface. It was the full circle tour. We did that at the top of 2023, top 2022. I'm sorry, 2022, it was Kim and Babyface. And I was getting dressed at, I was getting dressed at the last minute every night because Babyface went on before us. And mm -hmm. I wanted to hear his show every night not only just the songs he did but all the songs that he performed in his show that he wrote for other people that are classic r&b songs so he's incredible i love him and yes he's he's everything oh my gosh that's amazing and i gotta take a picture with him and i'm just i was freaking out is he so like laid back and cool yes. like all the time yes just oh, quiet God. like you would you see him and you're like hi he's like hey how you doing and you're like oh my god do you know that your baby face your baby face did you know your baby face i know your baby face do you know your baby like he's so incredible yeah he's just oh that is chill. so dope Going chill. so mm -hmm. so dope okay question two um name the song whitney houston remade and became one of the most iconic and best-selling singles I believe the children are our future. Teach them Another well and let them lead the way. Am I right? The greatest Another love of all? Mm-mm. <gasps> no, not it. that one? No. Think of Dolly Parton. I will always love you. Yes. But she did remake the 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 um greatest love of all. She did she did do that. Okay. She did. So, so my so question that's is a two part answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got it. Okay. <laughs> um, I got it, but I will always love you. Okay. You're yeah. right. But you're still right. Um, question three. Which R&B singer uh, released the critically acclaimed album My Life in 1994, and it featured hits like Be Happy and You Bring Me Joy? My life, my life, my life, my life, in the sunshine. Mary J. Blige. That is correct. I love her. That's another powerhouse. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. Which a legendary singer is known as the Queen of Soul? Aretha Franklin. Correct. And it. here's a note. My okay. father was her first touring keyboard player. <gasps> really? Yeah. So I mentioned earlier that Aretha Franklin and my dad knew each other. That's how mm -hmm. they knew each other. Yes. Oh man, that is so amazing. Like yes. That is because my dad used to tell me stories about Aretha Franklin, and I was like, You don't know no Aretha Franklin, like because at the time I didn't know what my dad did, mm -hmm. he didn't really integrate the music of what he did into he was just my dad, yeah. And of course, he's telling me stuff he used to do back in the day, and I'm like, Ah, oh, sure, you did, but yeah. So when I got a chance to meet her, when I was saying that Michael Powell took me to her and she would not hire me because I had not been on the road, she said I was too young, I had been on the road. Um, she was like, oh yeah, I know your daddy. So I was like, oh my God, my dad wasn't lying. You know, but my father had passed away by this time. But she was like, oh yeah, I know your dad. I worked with your dad. So I was like, oh my God. So now she's telling me she knows my dad on top of my dad telling me that he knew her. So yeah, mm -hmm. that was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh man, that is amazing. That's like, yeah, that was cool. That was very cool. legendary. I but gotta no, agree I, with you there. Yeah, that was cool. I would have been the same way. I'd have been like, yeah, yeah, you claim you know Aretha, but no. Because it's weird when people, because a lot of times when I talk to people and I'm like, oh, yeah, I met so-and-so. Yeah, I work with them. And, and sometimes I stop because I'm like, it sounds like I'm name dropping, but it really did happen. So it's like, mm -hmm. okay, you know. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah, but that's normal. I just saw um, an interview that RL from Next did, mm -hmm. and his mom uh, went to school with Prince. Ooh. And so she used to tell him, but he didn't believe her either. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, right. Sure. 
Exactly. Princess, Princess Magic. He didn't even go to school. So what are you talking about? Exact, exactly. He probably just floated through the hallway. He floated and right. he was, Yeah, you're okay, whatever. Exactly. Right. And it wasn't until he actually met Prince and he was like introducing himself and Prince is like, I know you. You're so-and-so's son. And he's like, oh, so she oh was telling God. the truth. Right, right. That's so crazy. So that does happen. Like, yes. you because we don't, we don't, we know our parents as our parents. We don't really think of them having a, a life prior Their to Their life us. didn't start till we got here in exactly. our minds. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So that's, that's completely normal. Yes. All right. Question five. What is the name of Anita Baker's album that includes hits like Sweet Love and Caught Up in the Rapture? Rapture. That is correct. Produced by Michael J. Powell, who I would say kind of discovered me. Yes. Amazing. That is amazing. I like all of these fun facts in the question. Yes. As me learning more stuff. I love it. Thank you. And did you know I did a remake on my free album of I Just Want to Be Your Girl? Yes. So Anita Baker did that song with Chapter 8, which is the group that Michael J. Powell produced. And Michael J. Powell produced my version, my remake. He's the one who took me in the studio to do that. So he is the producer of that song, of my version as well. So if you get a chance, check that out. Okay, so we have to go back, everybody. We have to go on all the streaming platforms. We have to look up Beth Free, came out in 2017. Yes. And then we got to check out that song. That is so dope. I'm going to re-listen to everything now. Yes, <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> of course. Now, the last question, uh, this should be another easy one. Uh, oh, which, so. <laughs> it is multiple choice. Which okay. of these artists from Detroit was signed to Motown? Is it Anita Baker, B, Martha Reeves, C, Aretha Franklin, or D, Ray Parker Jr.? Oh, Ray Parker Jr. No. No? Okay, so wait a minute. Give me the give me the names again. So this name was signed to Motown. Anita Baker. She was Mar okay. Martha Reeves. Oh, Martha Reeves. Okay. There we go. Yeah. That is because yeah, I know it wasn't Aretha Franklin, but I know Ray Parker Jr. worked with Motown as well. Yeah, he worked, but he wasn't signed. Gotcha. Unless okay. the internet told me the wrong thing. Because the internet could be wrong sometimes. Yeah, but you're right, Martha Reeves. Yep. Okay. <laughs> you are right you are correct all right so well that's the end of the game so thank okay. you so much for playing and teaching you. me some you know new r&b knowledge that i'll probably try and incorporate into these r&b tri trivia games so thank okay you. okay awesome so let us know before i let you go um anything that you have coming up that we should look out for uh any tour dates anything like that and also where can we follow you online well, you can follow me online at BethAlwaysSings.com. So that'll have tour dates that I probably need to update. Mm -hmm. And that'll have be links to all of my social media. Um, I do have a show with Genuine coming up March 15th in Kansas City. And then I'll be out with Kim the end of March, probably the week after that. I have to probably put those dates in because I haven't put them in and bad and um you can you know follow me on my social media page i post the, the shows um where i'm going to be next um march next month i'm working on my second children's book because i have a children's book i have one that already came out so i have a second one coming out it'll be out next month and then look for some um, new singles that'll be released towards the latter part of the year you know through the summer we'll be releasing maybe one to two more singles and hopefully some more visuals Okay, so we have a lot to look forward to. I didn't even know that you're an author. Yeah. So we got to look out for the book that's coming out. But what's the first book that you release? It's called I Am Beautiful Inside and Out. Okay. So yeah, so that's, um, that is a book kind of talking about me blossoming into being a singer, but it's the caterpillar and the butterfly story. So it's okay. about Beth, the, you know, Beth the caterpillar blooms into Beth the butterfly. And so the second book, which is not titled yet, but it talks about now I'm in flight and what is that like for me and affirmations. These books are, you know, to uplift and build children, to give them affirmations, to, to boost their self-awareness, to boost their self-confidence. Something that I didn't have when I was little, I was very insecure. Um, just, you know, just that was where I was at the time. And then it, it grew into me kind of growing up being insecure as well and just fearful 
of what I really wanted to do. And I, I know that sometimes your parents and your family can lift you up and boost you up as much as possible. But if you're not right here, it doesn't kind of click. And it finally clicked for me. And I just want to be a part of uplifting children and giving them the tools to be great and successful adults, you know, mm -hmm. as they grow into that. So these books are just here to uplift and to build children. I love that. And just hearing that and how you persevered through that to go from background to forefront to having, you know, people discover you and loving your music. So that's amazing. Um, and then now you're taking that and you're helping the younger generation. So yes. that's dope. So we'll look forward to the second book when that comes out. But we Thank definitely you. have to check out the first book that is already out that we can go ahead and purchase. So yes. And all that's on my website, BethAlwaysSings.com. Oh, and I want to ask you, did, is it Anita Baker that gave you that? Beth she always did. Sing? She did. She told me, she said, you're always singing. She's the first person that told me I was going to be a solo artist. She told me that even oh, before wow. I kind of like Mike Powell started um, pushing me to do it. You know, I would just tell her all the time. I was like, oh, I'm going to work with you forever. It's amazing working with you. And she's like, girl, you're going to be a, a solo artist. You're going to be up here doing this like me. And I said, oh, no, no, no. I'm going to be working with you. I'm going to be a background singer. I don't need anything else. So she says, I'm not going to do this forever. You're going to be doing this. You're going to be amazing. This is a boot camp for you. Learn everything you can. Watch what you can that I do. And she's like, Beth always sings. And that name stuck. Wow. That is amazing yeah. to get that from such a, a powerhouse in the, the that, music. Yes. I'm honored. Amazing. Well, I'm so excited uh, for you for the rest of the year, for the shows that you have coming up, for Thank you. music you're going to be working on, the book that's going to be coming out soon. And hopefully we see you in some acting roles soon, too. That would be super yes. dope as well, because I know that you have a history um, in acting as well that we didn't even get to touch on really right. here in the but it's it's there it's in the bio it's fine yeah, no, thank it's, you for acknowledging that thank you yeah no of course so more blessings to you and thank you so much for taking time out to speak with me i i really appreciate it and i appreciate you as well thank you i appreciate it as artists we need platforms for people to um hear about us to get to know us to learn about us and this has been a great interview and so you are much appreciated and much needed as well so thank you Thank you so much. And to everybody listening and watching, this is the Total R&B Podcast. My name is Lorena. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at total.rmb. And I will be back with a brand new interview.